0: Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practice and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage through these difficult times. I'm Marie Kempley, the Banker's Investment Banking and Capital Markets Editor, and in this podcast, we'll be discussing the challenges facing banks from a risk management and operational resilience perspective. I'm joined by Paul Ford, CEO of ASIN, a risk control and data platform used by many financial institutions. Thanks so much for joining me, Paul. Um, before we dive into the issues that this situation is posing, um, perhaps you can give us a quick, in a nutshell, intro to what ASIN does.
1: Uh, I'm Paul Ford, founder and CEO of ASIN, and ASIN is a technology platform that digitizes operational risk and connects firms together in order to more effectively manage operational risk at a firm and an industry level. And our purpose is to make the financial system safer.
0: Great, um, and clearly, this is a very disruptive period for banks and financial firms on many different fronts. You know, from highly volatile market activity as well as the huge workplace disruption that we're, that we're all facing at the moment. And what are some of the biggest challenges that this situation will be throwing up from a risk management perspective?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I think it's you know, it's all come at once, and I think that that creates three buckets of challenges in in the way I think about it. And firstly, normal risk management procedures, so things that people have thought of in advance, are stressed to the max because of this disruption on all fronts. But those are known unknowns, uh, to use the kind of Rumsfeld terminology. And then the second bucket is, is, is in, impacting firms in their entirety, which no one had planned for. So the disruption at this level was always a, an office or a location, so... People could move to disaster recovery, New York could take over London, London could take over New York, uh, and so on. But this is throwing up um, some known unknowns uh, as challenges because people uh, are unable to, 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 to use that resilience in their systems because it's all happening at once. And then thirdly, I think it's not just happening to the whole firm, it's happening to the whole industry. So unknown unknowns are starting to come out because... No one's ever even thought of this all happening to everybody all at the same time, and that's the bit where people are having to react to and and, and work out uh, what do you do as an individual firm, what do you do as an industry. So it's it's you know it's very challenging across all of those dimensions when it all happens at once.
0: Yeah, obviously a huge number of different different issues there. And, and post-financial crisis, we saw huge amounts of regulatory change, as well as the development of various different frameworks for, for managing risk and ensuring operational resilience. But I mean, kind of to your point, I don't think anyone could have quite envisaged, you know, all these things kind of playing out in this way. And, um, you know, is the plumbing in the system fit for purpose for dealing with this situation? Or are banks really having to adapt in real time with what they're doing?
1: Yeah, I think, I think that the, the normal risk management procedures, so back to my sort of first bucket, are, are broadly fit for purpose. But when you shake the system in the way that it's been shaken, there's bound to be some gaps that come up. But I think it's broadly fit for purpose and the risk managers are having to kind of a, a, adapt and configure. But they can do that. Um, uh, you know, they're good plumbers to, to, to look at the plumbing sort of in their house. But I think when you start to look at the interconnectedness of firms, um, and if you look at that from a kind of market risk or a credit risk perspective, there's high interconnectedness. It's, it, it, people can see prices, they can see kind of credit exposures, um, ratings agencies are re-rating and confirming and so on. So there's, there's, there's good plumbing between them. But on the operational risk side, there, there hasn't been that plumbing using kind of technology and data to the same level that market and credit risk has been. Uh, and that's starting to be exposed because the way that was done before was people kind of talk to each other, conferences, consultants, and so on. And actually, that's where we come in uh, from an ACM perspective because we're starting to connect to people. Now, we're uh, early on our journey in doing that, but I think that the, uh, that kind of plumbing from an operational perspective uh, is really starting to come to the forefront.
0: And what are some of the, the practical steps that you, you think firms can be taking to make managing this situation easier?
1: Um, for me, there are three Cs. There's there's communication, context around that communication and consensus. So I think the communication internally within a firm is a given and I think firms are, are, are doing a brilliant job of that. Um, but they also need to confirm To to communicate externally obviously with regulators and stakeholders but also with their peers this is a time for for collaboration and rapid sharing of information and and best practice but that has to be done in context Uh, you know knowing what others are doing and how to rapidly disseminate that using the collective brain power and experience uh, to reach an industry consensus so that communication uh, context consensus is really important so that the whole system can configure to, to learn around these uh, these new risks and highlighted risks and obviously for the banks on our platform they're interacting electronically but we've also been hosting calls with banks to share information uh, and trying to be as tangible in the context as that rather than just a kind of general communication platform which people can do on uh, you know on on uh, communication platforms um, but it is this networking of firms together to make the whole system and network more resilient uh, and effective in its responses and reconfiguration that's super important because you know this this has just happened to everyone all at the same time in an incredibly short space of time
0: and we we've spoken a lot so far about the challenges facing firms but you know on the opposite side of the coin this is also a, a big a, a, a Disruptive time for the regulators as well, for kind of a lot of the same reasons that we've already been discussing. I mean, how have they been reacting, and are they giving firms a bit of breathing space during this difficult period, or actually are they, you know, from what you can see, are they keen to keep quite a close eye on how things are being managed?
1: Well, I think I think as one would expect, the regulators are keeping a very close watch on firms, um, but they are being pragmatic and they're communicating very actively, um, we're seeing uh, in, in firms there there were deadlines uh, around this time for for very important, but in the current context, non-essential work. And those are being flexed uh, and some of the rules are being flexed. You'll see the FCA issued guidance on the senior manager regime to allow for the circumstances we're in, whether people have been furloughed or, uh, you know, are unable to... Um, To to dispense with some of their responsibilities in the way that they normally would do so I think I think again that sort of great communication from them in the context that we're in you know is it important really now and kind of you know they are also helping to build a consensus about with firms about about what's important.
0: And I know it's difficult at the moment to think too far ahead but Do you think there will be lessons learned from this period by both banks and regulators about how to to manage operational resilience and risk control going forward into the future?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think because unlike many issues in the past that we've looked off, this unfortunately is unlikely to be a one-off scenario. You know, we could easily see this happen again with a different virus, a mutated virus. And so it is essential that the lessons are learned you know, immediately after, after this um, kind of lockdown and, and hopefully return to uh, the, new, the new normal that, that we'll operate in. Um, and I think it's going to mark a structural shift in how firms, regulators and investors think about the industry. Um, I, I kind of think of it, it it's a very different um, situation, but the Madoff scandal in the hedge fund industry Before that, all investors cared about was investment returns. What's your track record and how much money have you made? But after that Madoff scandal, the first item on the checklist for investors was who's your chief risk officer? Because people didn't want to lose money um, uh, from a a fraud or an operational issue. And I think we're going to see much more of that type of approach across the whole industry with operational or non-financial risk management coming to the forefront because um, you know what this is. You know this uh, crisis is exposing is is the interconnectedness of uh, of the whole system from an operational perspective, uh, and and there's a threat that this could easily happen again with with very short notice as we see as we've seen over the last uh, few weeks. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for your insights, Paul. That's all we have time for today. And thanks to our audience as well. You can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com forward slash podcasts.